Paul is talking about a genuine need within the church and also recognizing and realizing that when that person or that church gets refreshed, they too in turn will refresh you. Beloved, Paul never asks you to go into debt to help another person. Amen. All right. Open up your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and we're going to continue on as we have been through this portion of Scripture that has, uh, well, it's going to be the next few weeks at least, chapters 8 and chapter 9, talking about giving. Paul dedicated two chapters. He dedicated 39 verses. He dedicated time and effort into commending, not commanding, uh, expressing his gratitude, Today, we'll find out as it's very more practical than it is theological, but it, it helps us today as well as to how we should give, why we should give, and, and uh, the, re- the reasoning behind it. If you remember last week, we talked about tithing. Tithing is, though it was a, a, a standard that God put in the Old Testament, it was to be done every time that the, the people came into Israel. It wasn't a, a once a week, once a month. It was a one-time deal, and it was done when they came into worship. If they couldn't bring all their tithe, that means the produce, the, everything else, that the, the cows and the cattle and the, and the sheep and the goat, if they couldn't bring it all with them, they would sell it and turn it into monies. So that way they can bring it in, and they would use that monies to go into Jerusalem because that's part of the tithe. Part of the tithe or the tithe was used for worship, and they would, they would gather together, and they would consume the tithe together, and they would celebrate. It was a time of celebration. It's, it wasn't for the temple. It was a temple tax, of course. It was other things that they were going. But, but when we talked about this last week, I didn't dive so really deep into it. But the attitude, really, if you want to use an attitude and you want to use a standard as far as what it is that we should give, Paul is sharing here, you know, you give, first of all, of yourselves to God and then to one another. And the, the standard, as we've been seeing, is you give it all. You give it sacrificially. You give it as often as you can. And you give it to, to serve and help the, the, those that are in need, the poor, and those that are in ministry, the, the, the church itself. And today we, we talk about giving by faith or the grace of giving. The grace of giving is being able to give gracefully, not reluctantly, because God loves a cheerful giver. This is not a commandment that uh, we, we push out. As I said last week, I don't generally speak on tithing or giving. That's just the, we don't come up here and say, you have to give, you better give. You don't know what's going to happen if you don't give. You know, giving is willingly and, and Thus far, we've been here for many years, and, and God has provided for us richly and, and bountifully and, and gracefully. Again, another thing I mentioned last week, we have a lot of projects that are going on within our campus and our facilities, and if you haven't seen them yet, uh, people out there on Facebook land or wherever you may be at, I want to encourage you to come out, and once this thing is all over, we're going to have a grand opening. But none of the things that we have here, we've asked the church to give. We Some have, they've given voluntarily, but for certain projects and whatnot, but nobody's been asked, or the church has not been asked to contribute, uh, except for their time and their efforts and things that they do. So, so the giving part, at least here at North Park, is not the central focus of our ministry and of our worship. But giving really reflects the ministry and the worship of the worshiper. There is a heart issue that is in store here. There is something that that God is saying that I want for you to understand and look at because when you give, you are more like God. And when we don't give, we we hold on to it. And 
God is saying, and Paul is telling us, you know, it's better, it's more blessed to give than to receive, because in what you sow, that's what you're going to reap. And in chapter 8, verses 16 through 23, actually it's through 24, I believe, and I think I might have put 23 up there, but 16 through 24, I'm going to read this. We're going to go back, touch on a little bit of what we talked about last week, and then just give you some very important uh, principles as far as the, act, the grace of giving. And it reads like this out of the English Standard Version. Verse 16 says, But thanks be to God, who put into the heart of Titus the same earnest care I have for you. For he not only accepted our appeal, but being himself very earnest, he is going to you of his own accord. With him, we are sending the brother who is famous among all the churches for his preaching of the gospel. And not only that, but he has been appointed by the churches to travel with us as we carry out this act of grace that is being ministered by us for the glory of the Lord himself and to show our goodwill. We take this course so that no one should blame us about this generous gift that is being administered by us. For we aim at what is honorable, not only in the Lord's sight, but also in the sight of man. And with them, we are sending our brother, whom we have often tested and found earnest in many matters, but who is now more earnest than ever because of his great confidence in you. As for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker for your benefit. And as for our brothers... They are messengers of the churches, the glory of Christ. So give proof before the churches of your love and of your boasting about you to these men. Father in heaven, thank you once again. This portion of scripture that you give us, help us to find the principles that we can apply to our life for this lesson. And we thank you, God, for being so generous with us and how you've blessed us and you continue to bless us. So Father, lead us in all things, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone says... Amen. We go back just a little bit more to verse 13. And, uh, and well, starting off with verse 13, Paul says, uh, For I do not mean that others should be eased and your burden. When Paul is talking about giving, he says, I want you to give. I want you to help the church in Jerusalem. The church in Jerusalem is in need. The church in Jerusalem has had many converts. The church in Jerusalem is being persecuted. They have had their things taken away because they've, they've, uh, they've changed. They, they've become Christians. And they've converted their lives from what they used to be, coming to the temple to worship and, and profess that God Almighty is Father. But now they have been challenged to accept the teaching of Jesus Christ. And many of them became Christians and their families ousted them. They are under persecution. So many of them, a lot of them didn't go back home. And so the church is in need. And Paul is saying, I'd like for us to help. And he has. He's helped and he's collected monies along the way. He's collected monies in Galatia and Macedonia. Now he's asking the people in Corinth to give as well, to give so that they can offset the, the pain and the suffering and to ease the tensions in Jerusalem. And so what Paul is, going, is talking about here, he's not talking about uh, funding a, a building program, a missionary program, or even a church in a sense. But what Paul is talking about here is helping another believer, another brother. And so when we do that, when we do that through the church, when we do that in, in modern days, when we do that, we, we have to be careful as how we give, who we give to, and how much we give, and not under compulsion, not because somebody is begging you and showing you pictures of all these things that just tug at your heartstrings. We give because we know that this is what God expects of us to give. It should just be a general practice. 
It should be something that we, we ought to do. And, and Paul goes on to say, like I said here in verse 13, for I do not mean that, that others should be eased and you burdened, but that as a matter of fairness, your abundance at the present time should supply their need so that their abundance may supply your need, that there may be fairness. And what Paul is saying is, I don't want you to go into debt. I don't want you to, to be going, being burdened so that other people can get rich. There's a need that needs to be filled. That there's not a greed that needs to be fulfilled. There are a lot of people that plan poorly. There are a lot of people that do not make wise decisions. And it seems like those types of people are always being bailed out, always being bailed out by somebody. And they always go to, the first of all, the deepest pockets and the kindest heart and the deepest heart. And they pull at those tugs, uh, heartstrings. Paul is talking about a genuine need within the church and also recognizing and realizing that when that person or that church or that individual gets refreshed, they too in turn will refresh you. Beloved, Paul never asks you to go into debt to help another person. God never asks you to do that. As a matter of fact, Paul was, and we've talked about this last week, Paul was very earnest about those people that were up on the hill. And, and Paul says, well, where are you guys going with all that food? Oh, it's for these guys up on the hill. Well, what are they doing? They're praying. Praying for what? Well, they're waiting for Jesus Christ to return. And you guys are feeding them? So, yeah, well, they're not working because they left their jobs waiting for Jesus. And Paul put a stop to this. He says, wait a minute. Whoever does not work does not eat, okay? So if they want to get up there and pray and do all the things, that they, they're more than welcome to do it. But if they want to eat, they better work. And that's a process of how we work within the stewardship of the church. The church has always been willing and ready to help. And so many times... When people come for help at the church, uh, one of the things that we try to do is we try to establish and help uh, them with their finances. And so the problem with that is that when I start asking questions about their income, they, they don't want anything to do. Well, what do you do with this? And what do you do with that? And, and those are questions that just give me the money. Just help us if you can. I want to help. I'd like to help. And we will help. However, what is it that you're doing with what you have? And so Paul is saying, I don't want you to go into debt. I don't want to put a burden on you so that other people can get rich. I don't want that to be your place in, in this giving. I want you to give because there is a genuine need. And it's unfortunate that today almost everybody's in need. Everywhere you go, uh, people are asking for money, always asking uh, for a handout or something. And, and I, I mentioned last week that if you really want to help somebody, don't give them the money. Give them the help. Send them to a program. Help them with their uh, getting clean or whatever the case may be. They might be uh, what are all these things that are going on in their life. And Paul says, you know, I, I want you to help. I need for you to help. As it is written, Paul says, when people are in need and your church, your family's in need, whoever, Paul says, gathers much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. Paul is referring to the Old Testament when God rained manna upon the people, and he said, just gather enough for yourself. Just get as much as you can for yourself. And don't try to hoard it. Don't try to gather so much of it that you think that I'm not going to supply you tomorrow. Don't do it because if you do that, it'll spoil. And that's exactly what happened. The people gathered as much as they could. They didn't trust God. They didn't believe that he was going to bring them back some more manna the next day. So all that they gathered, it went bad. It stunk up the house and they had to throw it away. And God even said to them, says, look, on Friday before the Sabbath, I want you to gather twice as much, because I don't want you working on the Sabbath. And that manna always held. And this is why Paul's, uh, Paul quotes this. He says, as, as it is written. I like the way Paul does that. He always gets biblical on them. As it is written, whoever gathered much had nothing left over. 
In other words, it's like all this, these finances, all this money, all these piles and piles of money, money and treasures and piles. It's, it's kind of like manure. If you pile it up, it starts to stink. But if you spread it around, things start to grow. It's, it's, a, uh, it's, a, it's a law of the universe. It's an economy of, of treasures, of finances. When you share it, it always comes back to you. Whatever you plant, whatever you sow is what you reap. It's just the standard of all nature, of everything that we do, and God says that's exactly right with your finances. Last week I mentioned, one last thing, I mentioned there are a lot of evil things in the world, a lot of evil things in the world, but the root of every evil is finances, it's money. It's not that money is evil, but the root of it. And you can go to every single thing that you can think of, drugs, pornography, alcoholism, everything that gambling, everything that, that is done, there's always a root to it. There's always follow the money, and you'll see that's where it's at. This is why God talks a lot about finances in the Bible. He talks a lot. Jesus talked a lot about that. He said that wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And so Paul is sharing with them not a commandment. He's commending them. He's saying, you know, you guys have given. You guys are, are going to give and you're going to receive and, and, and do so willingly. And he says, number one, as we go through our outlines, he says, you know, when I give, I want you to know that as I give, giving is an act of worship, or excuse me, an act of service. Sorry, Ken. <laughs> giving is an act of service. There's a God-given desire to serve. There's a God-given desire, and, and a lot of times people say, what can I do to help? How can I help? Can I donate? Can I give? Can I offer? Can, you know, if, if I don't have much, but can you use this? Can I give my hands? Can I give my feet? What can I do? I, I, I can't do, I can't teach, I can't sing, but man, I can push a broom. You know, there's not a whole lot of things that I can do, but you know, whatever I can do in the service of the Lord. We have had people that have worked within the, the, the sanctuary or within the church buildings, the grounds, and every time that somebody comes to work on the grounds, I always share with them, look, when you become a part of this church, you become a mem member and a minister of this church, and if you decide that you'd like to help by cleaning the windows, whatever the case may be, you are now set aside as a priest, a Levite priest. See, because the priests were the ones that maintained the, the temple. And so in a sense, you are being officiate, you're officiating as a temple priest, in a sense, by taking care of the ground. You're not just sweeping the grounds. You're not just mowing the grass. You're not just painting the, the, the building. Or you're not just doing those things. You're not just scrubbing toilets. You are ministering. And if you can use that and you can do that and we can help you, in a sense, by helping you financially in a, in a, in a way to help you in, with your family, by the time that you take, I mean, it, it works out both ways. Giving is an act of service. Paul says in verses 16 and 17, but thanks be to God who put into the heart of Titus the same earnest care I have for you. Paul didn't have to tell Titus this. Paul showed Titus this. Paul didn't have to command Titus to be uh, this type of a servant, to go, take the letter to the Corinthians and, and, and volunteer to pick up the finances and come back and volunteer to take it to Jerusalem. He didn't have to do that. Paul didn't have to tell him to do that. Titus, he saw his teacher serving, and he says, I can do the same thing. And then he says, for he not only accepted our appeal, but being himself very earnest, he is going to you of his own accord. He's going because he, he senses the need to do this. And as I mentioned earlier, 
In 2 Corinthians 8, 5, in your outlines, it says this, and this, not as we expected, and he's talking about the way they give, they gave, but they gave themselves first to the Lord, and then by the will of God to us. It is a heart issue. It is an issue within the heart that when you understand how much you've been given and God has blessed you, you want to give and return. Number two, I give to promote the ministry. I give to promote the ministry, a burden for the lost. Almost. <laughs> There's a burden there in, in, for the lost that every believer ought to have. When you give your, to, to your church, wherever you're at, when you give to the ministry, there needs to be a desire to see people saved. There needs to be a desire to reach people for Jesus Christ. There needs to be a desire for, for your money being placed into an offering plate, as little as it is. It doesn't have to be a lot. Some of you can give a lot, and that's great. But understanding that all of it is being used to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. In verse 18, Paul talks about this brother. We, we don't know his name, and, and it's a shame because he says with Titus, he says, with him we are sending the brother who is famous among all the churches for his preaching of the gospel. Now this guy must have been on fire. Everywhere he went, he was preaching the gospel. Sinners at the hands of an angry God. God is going to unleash his wrath lest thee repent. And people were coming in droves and said, what must we do? Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and leave your former life behind and follow Jesus from this point forward. This man was proclaiming the gospel and to him, it was part of the ministry. And this is what Paul is saying. You know, you, and when you give, it furthers the kingdom. It furthers the ministry. Everything that you do, everything that you say, everything that you invest into the kingdom, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Everything you do for the kingdom always comes back. It's not in vain. There is no word that returns a void. Somehow, somewhere, I can still remember the words that were spoken to me prior to my conversion, prior to my repentedness that I did not want to give, prior to my surrendering to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I can still hear a lot of those words by this, this young kid, kid that was younger than me, on fire for Jesus. And I can't even remember his name, to be honest with you. But every Sunday, he would come up, or excuse me, every day at work, he'd come up to me and preach the gospel and it was unfortunate because there was another guy there from a different denomination that they would get into arguments and I would kind of walk away, but I remembered this kid. I remember people coming up to me. That word never comes back void, and I'm sure that you can also remember the same. Soul winning has got to be part of the church. Soul winning has got to be part of the organization. When you give, know that people's lives are being changed and transformed. To the ministry that you are participating in the North Park Baptist Church, we are not about just stuff. As a matter of fact, we, we have even said, I have said this enough, enough times, look, if this is all we're going to do, if all we're going to do is just landscape and parking lots and windows and air, if that's all we're going to do, then I, I'm going to give this money away to, to, to somebody else that can actually save souls. We are in the business and we are in the mindset of reaching people for Jesus Christ and doing whatever it takes. This is part of it. This is part of it. Join us as we go forward. And so we're not, we're not going to hold back. We're going to open it up. We're going, to, we're going to reach the lost. There are a lot of people out there that need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Number three, I give to honor God. I give to honor God. And not only that, but he has been appointed by the churches to travel with us as we carry out this act of grace that is being ministered by us for the glory of the Lord himself and to show our good will. When you give, I give, and it honors God. As a matter of fact, in Proverbs chapter 3, if you read that with me, it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Beloved, I, I, I can't tell you how many times over and over again we have seen this verse just come to fruition. It's like that verse was designed for us. You cannot outgive God. Amen? How many can you say amen on that? Every time that we, we seem to think that we're right at the end, we're, we know we have to do this, we should do this, we want to do this, we desire to do this, and God always replenishes our life. And too often, churches are run by financial reports, by what should be spent and what not, shouldn't be spent. We want, to sh- we want to reach people for Jesus. That's what we want to do. We want to do whatever it takes to bring people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Number four, I give responsibly. I give responsibly. There should be a reputation for there should be a reputation for honesty and integrity wherever it is that you give. Look at look what he says here in verses 20 and 22. We take this course so that no one should blame us about this generous gift that is being administered by us, for we aim at what is honorable, not only in the Lord's sight, but also in the sight of man. You see Paul was concerned and he knew He knew the minds of people in the same sense in in churches uh, today. There is a sense of, you know, what are they doing? You know, what's really happening? I mean, is there, and there's always that, you know, I just don't know. I mean, there's things that are going on that that just seem fishy. And I want you to know, beloved, that there is a careful accounting that is done here. Every year you will receive a statement of what you've given. Every month we have a statement of what's come in and what's, what's going on. And we have that available for anybody that wants to see it, we have it. At the, uh, twice a year we have what's called a uh, members meeting. And we show this is how much money has been received and this is how much money has gone out. And so there is a careful accounting. As a matter of fact, when the accounting is done, we make sure that those that are a part of the ministry are not only giving themselves of themselves, but they give financially they themselves as well. And, and, and they keep a careful eye and, and, and they look at, at what, what goes in, what comes out, and because we don't want to be uh, considered or thought of as something, doing something unethical. We take uh, a careful account not only before God's sight, but also in the sight of you, of our members. And we've always had this, this type of a, an attitude toward the finances, and even more so now than ever before. It's amazing on how you hear things that on, the, on TV, that's one of the first things that happens. They get so caught up in the finances. They get so caught up in just the things that are going on within the church, the ministry, a school, uh, the, any type of Christian organization. And it just seems to be the, 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 under, the underlying factor always seems to be finances, money. Somehow it just got to the person, the leader, or somebody within the group, and it, it brings the administration down. Beloved, we have to give an account, first and foremost, to God, but we also do that voluntarily to you. You know, it's interesting because we've had a few people come through our church, and, and when we do that, they've, a lot of people say, well, we've never had this before. We, do, we just give, and we don't know what happens to it. I mean, not that they're doing anything illegal or unethical, at least I don't think, but we've never actually had that. And, and something within, 
within my thinking, I believe that from a long time ago, I remember when I was a kid, and uh, they used to drag me to church, and it didn't really stick much. But I remember I used to go to church, and they would have this, this thing up on the board. Do you guys remember that, that wooden, uh, it was a wooden type of a announcement type of thing, and it would say, uh, Sunday school and give you a number. Worship, give you another number. Uh, a budget gives you another. And, and every Sunday there was an accounting. As a matter of fact, at the church that I went to, where my wife and I both committed our life to Christ, they would every Sunday they would give a, an account of this is the money that came in, this is the money that's going out. And they had a committee to make sure that everything was was on the up and up. And so for us, that has always been a standard of what we've done, whether here or at any other, well, this is the only church that we've had, plus the one in Riverside. And, uh, and we've always tried to involve more people, people not within you know, the family, but involve as many people as possible so that we can keep a record of what's going on. But look at the rest of this verse in 22. And with them, we are sending our brother whom we have often tested and found earnest in many matters, but who is now more earnest than ever because of his great confidence in you. People that do the ministry within the finance ministry not only have uh, a rapport with God and a rapport with the leadership, but also with you. At any time, if you ever want to ask, you can ask either Ken, you can ask myself, you can ask my wife, uh, Joan, when she was here. Uh, you know, We have people, key people, that are overlooking the finances. I want you to know that. Give responsibly. And get, when you give, you give in such a way that you know that your finances are being, uh, are being allocated rightly. The people are, are good stewards of what they give. Number five, I give as a cooperative effort. And it's not as much as you can give. It's not everything that you have. It's not the amount that you're giving. Whatever it is that you give, whatever it is that you give to the church, whatever it is that you give, it's a portion of a larger sum. And cooperatively, we all give together to make this huge sum. And it's always been because of everyone's giving, people within our church families that have given, whether online now or in the mail, uh, we receive gifts from people that don't even attend our church. And uh, every once in a while, we get a couple of letters uh, and envelopes with, with checks and money orders. People just want to donate to our, our ministry. God has been so faithful in, in that part of our ministry, always has been. We've never had, well, you know, I don't want to get too far into that, but, but it's not the amount that you give, it's what you give collectively. Verse 23, as, as for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker for your benefit, and as for our brothers, they are messengers of the churches, the glory of Christ. It's a cooperative spirit. The churches, see Macedonia gave, Acacia gave, uh, you guys are going to give, and everybody's given together, and we're going to send it down to Jerusalem. And they're going to be blessed because of your love. And, and everyone that gives, gives it collectively, gives it to one thing. It's not just one person. Now, there's some people that have given, you know, for a specific project or a specific, you know, I'd like to donate this amount of money to that project. And so we tried to use that for that project. Always as we had in our books, we had in our books for months, for years, for years, this amount that somebody gave... <laughs> To, to put air conditioning system into our facility. Back when we had swamp coolers. I don't know if you guys remember that. You remember the swamp cooler days? It was swampy. <laughs> I'd get out of here like, oh my God, I'd, I'd be dripping water because it was so muggy. 
And somebody comes up and says, you know what? I want to give to this. How much? 20 bucks. I'm, but every week I'm going to get 20 bucks. So, okay, you know, we'll see what we can do. Well, praise God. After so many years, we use that money and some, of course, to put in air conditioning systems within the whole building. You, you know, and, and we set it apart. We had monies set apart for, I can't even, there's monies that was set apart within our budget that we can't touch. And it's set apart, and it's because that's specifically allocated for certain uh, things. Like, for instance, we have the sunrise service that we were part of with the churches. They asked us to, to monitor that and, and, you know, watch. So we have that set aside. It's in our checkbook, but it's set aside. And so, but everybody that gives, when you, when you give specifically to a certain item or a certain, if you'd like. Now, here's something that I'm going to kind of throw out to you right now. As I said before, we have not asked any of the church members for any of the projects within our facilities right now. Parking lot's coming up next month. Landscaping is almost getting done. Have you guys seen the beautiful work that's being done out there? Hey, Amen. Yeah, I, I don't want to embarrass the gentleman, you know, but the, the, the person that's been doing this, his initials is uh, Ben Juarez. And, uh, I mean, it is just amazing in just what, his, what he him and his crew has been able to do. And, and, and it's just, you know, it's just part of it. We have another crew out here doing the rod iron. The fence, none of that has been asked of the church. Some of you have given, but I am going to put this out there right now, that right here on this side, if you notice, it's kind of set aside right there. It's just put out there. Now, that, that is going to be dedicated for a memorial garden, a prayer garden. Now, if you'd like, now this is not, I'm asking you to do this, but if you would like to buy a plaque or something in, in memory of uh, a loved one that you'd like to place in that memorial garden, that you may come and pray and, and remember and reflect, not to worship the person. We're not talking about ancestry worship, but uh, this is mainly designed for those that have gone on before us. There have been some plaques that were placed on that wall. and on, there, I have a couple of plaques already from back in the 60s that we had to kind of put aside for now. We're going to start setting them up. And we're going to put others like Mr. Bond, uh, Mr. Gilliland, and um, uh, Sherwin. You know, uh, there's members that have been in this church that have passed away since. And, and so I don't know what the price is going to be or what that's going to be, but I'm just that's the only thing that I'm going to ask you. If you desire to do so, we're going to ask you to do it. I mean, buy a seat, a bench, uh, something in memory of, if you'd like. And it's going to be a prayer garden, a time that you can come and sit and pray before, after, in the evening, and, and, and just sit and meditate. Praise God. Amen. There'll be music being piped. We'll have popcorn being sold outside. No. Taco, a taco vendor truck. It's a time of being able to invest in the ministry and, and letting people know, look, you can come. It's safe. It's someplace that you and your children come. You're in the bounds of the church, and we're here to serve you. This cooperative program, this cooperatively effort, cooperative effort that the church that Paul is talking about, we are involved in such an effort as well with other churches throughout the state and throughout the nation. And we give a portion of what we receive on a monthly basis to this cooperative program. As a matter of fact, it's called CP, Cooperative Program. And we do so because we feel that, you know, even when we didn't have a whole lot, we still gave. And now that we have a little bit more, we, we want to give a little bit more as well. And so we, we have cooperated, and it wasn't a whole lot of money. But, beloved, every, every time that you give, I want you to know that you are involved in mission works throughout the world. There's missionaries in his family that are being blessed. A friend of mine, uh, Tim and Susan, that were in Southeast Asia, they had their, their house paid for, they had their vehicle paid for, they had their health insurance out there for 20 years, 20-some-odd years. The kids grew up out there. 
And, and they were blessed because of people like you. It's not a lot of money that you give, but it's just the, the amount that you give put together with everyone else. And Tim and Susan, this couple that I met at seminary, this couple is just an example of literally over 2,400 types of missionaries that we have throughout the world. Hundreds more, thousands more throughout the United States and North America and South America. Churches that are being planted. Disaster relief right now. Here a few years ago, how many of you remember Hurricane Katrina? Hurricane Katrina was a huge, I mean, when we first got here, we, uh, we got together, uh, some of us here at the church, we loaded up my truck back in 2005, and uh, we said, let's go, and they, we volunteered, and we went, and we served, and they had this feeding operation that you wouldn't believe. We, we, there is this relief effort called the disaster relief, and it's every time that there's a disaster, they show up. And they show up right alongside Red Cross, right alongside uh, everyone else, but they're there during the fires up in, um, up in uh, north by Marysville, during, during the floods. Everywhere you, there is a disaster, earthquakes, they show up. Part of the monies that you give is given to that organization. There's disaster relief, there's food closets, there's training, there's schools. Every time you give, you may not think that, you know, I'm just giving 20. That's all I can, that's all I can give today. I say, all right, well, whatever. But part of that, beloved, know this, is reaching somebody around the world. You need to know that because it is a part of who we are. And, and we want to continue in that same vein. As I give, I give as a cooperative effort, not just for North Park, not just for San Bernardino, but throughout the world. And then number six, last thing I want to give you to you is, is I give as an act of love. I give as an act of love. And here's, this is something really interesting. Paul says, so give proof before the churches of your love and of your boasting about you to these men. So um, you got to give proof that you gave. So everybody stand up and give me 20 bucks. No. <laughs> everybody needs to see this. It's not a matter of making your dollar be known. As a matter of fact, Jesus says, you know, those guys that come to the temple, they bring all their change out of their surplus. And they bring a handful of coins and they toss it into the box. And, and you know, they, they toss it in the box because it makes a louder noise. And cha-ching, everybody says, Ta -ta, look at this guy. He gave X amount of dollars. And oh, yeah, it was nothing. Of course it wasn't nothing. And it's not the amount. And it's not the fanfare that you receive. It should be done out of act of love. And Jesus noticed this poor widow that came up with two pennies as opposed to all the money that the Pharisees and every, all the rich people were given out of their excess. She came up and she says, this is all I got. And Jesus commended her and says, you know what? She gave way much more than what these guys over here gave. It's not the amount. It's an issue of the heart. It's an act of love. Give. So give proof before the churches of your love and of your boasting about you to these men. Paul is talking to the people in Corinth. He's sending Titus, and he's, they're going to go and pick up the monies and, and just give, give evidence. In other words, Paul is saying, put your money where your mouth is. You love God? Give evidence. Show it. Show that you give. When you give, nobody else sees it except for you know, those that are accounting of it. And, it. and it is done on a regular basis. As a matter of fact, even on the Tidely app, when it's uh, given and posted, we only get an amount, you know, that, that this much was given. But the accounting part of it, it is credited to the person that gives. And at the end of the year, you get that statement, you use it for your taxes if you like. If, but more importantly, we give it to you as a, a record and being a good steward of what we have to be and show you 
what's, what's been going on. And, and as a matter of fact, this has happened maybe once or twice. I, I don't think maybe more than that. Out of all the years that we've been doing this, somebody has come back and says, you know what, I'm missing a couple of, you know, I, I do this once a week, and these two weeks are missing. I said, well, oversight. Well, it was put somewhere else. Please, if there is a, 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 something that you see that is not, doesn't seem right, then come to us. Let us know, and we'll take care of it. We'll make sure we take care of that. But giving is an act of love. It's what we do, we do because we love. You can give without loving, but there is no way that you can love without giving. If you love, you're going to give. If you love your family, if you love your children, if you love, if, if you love you're going to give. Our heart needs to be the motivating factor as to how we give, why we give. Because, as John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And Paul tells us in Romans 5.8, But God chose his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, one gives freely, as the writer of the Proverbs says, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessings will be enriched, and the one who waters will himself be watered. The writer to the, the Proverbs, what Solomon was saying, he says, you know, that what happens is when you hold on to it, I mean, it just causes all kinds of ailments. Stress, it causes uh, anger, it causes greed, it causes tension, headaches, migraines because you're holding on to it. You don't want to lose it. You're trying to do everything you can to hold on to it. But he says, you know, but if you give freely, it grows. It's just what happens when you plant, when you seed, when you grow. It, it just comes back to you. I mentioned to you at the beginning of this service, uh, the message that the grace of giving is a very practical uh, message that Paul was saying. That there's really not a whole lot of the theological stance on it, which we did pull some out. But Bottom line is that giving, as I give, I give as an act of service. Uh, I give to promote the ministry that is within the church, within the, uh, our state, within the world. I give to honor God, and I give responsibly. I make sure that when I give, I give to a, re a reputable organization. I want you to know that uh, if you give to North Park Community Church, we will be reputable and try, uh, doing the best we can to be good stewards of what you give financially. And if you need a report, we can give you that. I give as a cooperative effort. Not only do you give here, but it goes out. What you give, and we give as an act of love. Because we love you. And I know you love God. And I know you love one another. And that's what Paul was trying to get across. Titus and this awesome brother, man, that's just going around. Everybody knows him. He's famous. Shares the gospel. And they do it out of their heart. And they're going to carry this finance, and we're going to trust them because we know them. And you should trust them as well. Understand that when they bring you this monies, they're not going to touch it for anything else. They already have their way taken care of. This is specifically for you. And this is what Paul is telling us today. He says, give, and let God just take care of the rest. But give responsibly. Don't just nilly-willy. I know sometimes we give and we think, well, you know, it'll be recorded It'll be recorded in heaven that I gave, and God's going to have to deal with it there. Well, he's going, to have, he's going to deal with it all right. He's going to say, you know, all you did was just hurt that effort, or what I'm trying to do. There's much more to be said about that, which, like I said, we have a whole other chapter to talk about the act of giving. Let me ask you to stand.
as, uh, as your pastor and, uh, of this church, I, I want to thank you for your generous gifts, for how you've blessed me and uh, in, in your, your willingness to give. It's never been an issue with North Park. We've never had to pound on somebody's door or uh, you know, do, do without because there wasn't enough. God has always provided, either through you or through some other source, God has always provided. And what you do as a church has, has eternal value. And I just want to commend you on that, and I want to challenge you to keep giving as you have been. And, and do so with the right intention. Not necessarily to be seen, not necessarily to, to, for anything else, but it's an act of love. It's what we call the grace of giving. See, grace is that which, you know, I don't deserve. And grace is not, you know, something that, that I'm, I'm supposed to be getting because I said, or anybody else said. Grace is, well, it's, uh, it's, it's that un- unconditional love. And when you practice the, the grace of giving, it just becomes a lot easier. And it becomes very fruitful not only to you, but to North Park Church or the organization that you give to. Let's lead in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you again for this opportunity, for this time right now to go through this portion of Scripture. And Paul is challenging us to give on a regular basis, to give to help the ease and ease the pain of the suffering, to give to be able to uh, further your kingdom, to give in such a way that many people will be blessed. So we thank you, Lord, for the, the way that we have uh, used the finances and how you've kept us in line. And I pray, Lord, that uh, ultimately that you will you'll see all that, that, is, that, that has gone on here. And Father, we just want to be as, as upright and ethical as we can. And we just thank you for your leadership in that. So we ask you, Father, to continue to lead us in all things and show us in what direction to take from this point forward, we pray. In Jesus' name. And everyone says, amen and amen.